Amen. Grab your Bible again if you're not already there. Philippians chapter number two uh, tonight. And I want to just kind of bring out some things as far as in this chapter um, and what's going on. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And when he's writing to the church at Philippi, he's, in this particular chapter, you're going to find four people that are named Jesus Christ. Yeah, obviously, we had a message out here recently on let this mind be in you, verses 5 through verse number uh, 11. And then you've got Apostle Paul in verses 12 through 16. You've got Timothy in verse number 17 through verse 24. And then you've got Epaphroditus, verse 25 through 30. Now, church family, Paul, when he's writing this particular chapter, he is stressing to them at the beginning of the chapter really what he, what he wants for them. And then he's going to use four different people to illustrate that. Uh, in verses 1 through 4, he, again, we've kind of uh, reviewed some of this in earlier message about uh, this particular thought. But he was trying to get the church of Philippi to be united in their thinking. In other words, he didn't want to have them to have division. He said, stop looking upon yourself. Look upon the things of others. And he does that, and he says that very clearly here. Look at your Bible in verse number 2. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, church family, Paul uses different people to illustrate really this idea of uh, love to others, uh, selflessness, um, having the mind of Christ, all these. So he uses, the, he uses the Lord Jesus Christ, he uses himself, he uses Timothy, and then he uses Epaphroditus. Now, church family, I want to talk to you for a little bit tonight on this thought, is Epaphroditus and how he was necessary to the church. Paul's going to say that Epaphroditus it was necessary for him to be back at Philippi. And I want to talk to you for that just a little bit. Church family, Epaphroditus is mentioned twice, both in the book of Philippians. And Epaphroditus was that person. Again, let me lay a little bit of groundwork and then we'll look at the message tonight. Epaphroditus was that person that was sent from, from Philippi to go to Rome where Paul was to bring him, um, if I can say, their gift, all right? What we would call it is our missions gift. Now, today, we send our missionary money and we send it to the missionary to help them on the foreign fields as far as where they go. In Bible days, they didn't send a check or wire it. Uh, they didn't, what they did is they took it to them, all right? So th this gift was taken by Epaphroditus. Look at, and before I pick up on the message, look at chapter 4 and look at verse number uh, 18, chapter 4, I'll read verse 17. Philippians 4, verse 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. And then he compares it to an order of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. We've had many messages and thoughts on how our missions giving is a sweet smell to God. And it's something that's acceptable. And that's because we have the picture here of Epaphroditus coming from the church at Philippi, going to the missionary, Apostle Paul, in Rome, and bringing that missions gift. Now, I want you to see tonight, here's the message. Look at chapter 3. And let's look what Paul says about Epaphroditus in verse number 25. Verse 25 says, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Re receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Now, <clears throat> tonight, I, I, want, I guess what I want to key in on is one phrase, I guess. Let me start here. Look at verse 25 one more time. First phrase. If you're there, say amen. 
Here's what he says in verse 25. Paul said, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Now, church family, he talked about Timothy in verse number 19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus. That's pretty quick. I trust that the Lord is going to let me send this guy. But when it came to Epaphroditus, he says, I suppose it's necessary. It means demand. means requirement. means this has to happen. He says, I think it's a necessary thing for Epaphroditus to come back to where you are. Now, church family, where's Paul writing this letter? He's writing to the church of Philippi. Where is he writing this letter from? He's in prison. He's writing this letter from prison, and Epaphroditus is there. And as he's writing this letter, he says, I suppose it's necessary that I send Epaphroditus back to you. Now, church family, Epaphroditus was a member at the church at Philippi. He was the messenger from Philippi going to Apostle Paul. And Apostle says, I just want you to know, I really like this guy. Stay with me now tonight. But look what he says in his description of Epaphroditus. Look at verse number 25 again. Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Now look at the description. My brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. Now, Church of Epaphroditus is an amazing character. He says, he's my brother in Christ. He's my companion in labor, the person I'm going to work with. He's my fellow soldier. He's the person I'm going to fight, with the en fight against the enemy with. He said, not only that, he's your messenger. And then he closes it out. And he says, this is the guy that ministered to my wants. Church of he didn't say, this is the guy while I was in prison that ministered to my necessities. He ministered to my wants. In other words, whatever I wanted, Epaphroditus took care of it. Are, are you with me so far tonight? The church family, Epaphroditus was a pretty important fella. He, he wasn't the person behind the pulpit. He, he wasn't the person that had, uh, church family, there's the only place we know about him. There's no books in the Bible written about him. But yet Apostle Paul says, this fella, boy, I tell you what, he sure ministered to my wants. And Apostle Paul gives the indication that I, I would keep him if I could, but it's a necessity that he comes back. Now, here's the thought tonight. What made Epaphroditus a necessity to his own local church? What made Epaphroditus to where Paul says he needs to get back where he was sent from? Now, Trisham, I want to make the comparison to you tonight because truthfully, all of us should be an Epaphroditus. All of us should be that person that the Apostle Paul could say about, that's my brother. That's my companion in labor. That's my fellow soldier. Uh, that's your messenger, but he's the one that has ministered to my wants. Now, can I tell you something? Churches need Epaphroditus. They need men and women who have the character of an Epaphroditus. They need men and women who have the desire of an Epaphroditus. And all churches need it. And I'm going to just tell you tonight, I'm going to point out these three things out of this passage that, that caused him to be necessary to his local church. I think it's the same three things that should be in every one of us tonight that makes us necessary to our local church. So let's look at them quickly tonight. First one that I want you to see is in verse number 26. Now, church, I mean, can I read it if you don't mind? I want to, uh, if I, I'm going to, I'm going to skip just a, a portion and, and bring you to the, you know, sometimes... Uh, I think we miss things because when God speaks through men, uh, he writes a paragraph, but at the beginning of the paragraph and at the end of the paragraph, they almost are connected. All right. Now, here's what I mean by that. At the beginning of verse number 25, he says, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. But he didn't tell us why he said it was necessary in verse 25. He just tells us what kind of man Epaphroditus was. He said, he's my brother, my companion. He goes through all those things about what he was, but he doesn't really say why it was necessary to send him back until you get to the next verse. Look at verse 26. So verse 25, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Verse 26, for here's the reason why. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness 
because that ye had heard that he had been sick. And indeed, he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I, should, lest I Paul, should have sorrow upon sorrow. Now, church, I don't know for sure what the sorrow upon sorrow was. My speculation would be the sorrow of being in prison and then to have a brother beloved like this fellow to die while he's in prison, that would be sorrow upon sorrow. That could be it. It could be something else. But the Bible isn't really clear. But what Paul's trying to say to them is this. The necessity of me sending him back is because he longed after you all. You notice the verse 26 is pretty clear. For he longed after you all. Can I tell you what made Epaphroditus important to his own local church? Because he loved his church. Listen to me tonight. You know what makes you necessary to the Heritage Baptist Church? Because you love the brethren. I'm going to tell you something. We need each other. And that's not just some uh, worldly cliche, but that's a Bible principle that we're supposed to love the brethren. And I'm going to tell you, that's what caused Epaphroditus to be so important is because he had a longing. The word long means desire. And it's interesting that it wasn't just some. In verse number 26, for he longed after you. What's the word? Now, I want to tell you something. If we were writing it, we would say, you know what? Epaphroditus misses everybody but Brother Felio. He used the word all. Now, church, I, mean, I don't know about you, but you have to picture, picture our church as being the church of Philippi, okay? Now, I can tease with a fellow because I think I can. I think he'll be fine. If not, his wife will baby him tonight. All right, but anyway. Hey, church, I mean, in our congregation, we've got all kinds of personalities inside this congregation, okay? And I don't need to go around and name them, okay? But there are people who are quiet. There are people who are loud. There are people who are absent-minded, there are people who are accident prone. There are people, you know, Brother Flowers having foot surgery tomorrow. What can I say? Uh, no, I'm just joking. Hey, I can say whatever I want tonight because he can't turn me off. I love it. I love it. Amen. Hey, church, there's so many different types of people that God brings, and we all have different spiritual gifts, and he brings us all together to work as one body in Christ, but we're all different. But you know, I'll tell you something. God didn't say just love the ones that love you, and he didn't say just love the ones that you have a tendency to be like. He said love everybody. That means every person that walks through the door at the Heritage Baptist Church, you ought to be friendly to. You know why? Because you're supposed to love the brethren. You know, I've talked about it before, but the five things, that, five different types of people God says to love in the scriptures. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love your enemies, love your wife, and love the brethren. I want to tell you something, loving the brethren is a command of God. And there's more verses than I can go through tonight because of time. But he tells us in 1 John 3, 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. 1 John 3, 14, I like this, because this tells you if you're saved or not. We know that we have passed from death unto life. In other words, we know we're not going to hell, we're going to heaven. Why? Because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Just remember, you ought to love people. And you ought to love everybody, all right? You get, you, it, when you get to the place where you're picking and choosing, you're not spiritual, you're unspiritual, all right? So can I just tell you what makes a member necessary, just like Epaphroditus was necessary to the church at Philippi, is because he loved the brethren. He loved people. Let's just think about this for a second here. Why was Epaphroditus full of heaviness in that verse? Look at verse number 26. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness. In other words, what was bothering him? Because that ye had heard that he had been sick. Now think about that, church family. It wasn't that they were sick. It's just that they heard he was sick. Now you talk about a love for the brethren. You talk about a concern for others. He was concerned that they were sorrowing for him. 
It wasn't about a matter of, you know, it's about me. It was a bad that, that he was the cause, his sickness, of causing other people to be bothered and to be hurt. And he, was, he had heaviness for that. Just remember, how do you long for the brethren? I want to tell you how you long for the brethren. You pray for them. I want to tell you how you long for the brethren. You see if they have needs. I'm going to tell you how you have longed for the brethren. You, uh, you, you fellowship with them. Hey, listen, uh, if you're not careful, you'll get so wrapped up in your life that you will come and go and not talk to people. Are you all listening tonight? No, you're not. Are you listening tonight? All right, some of you are. Listen, I don't care if you're young, doesn't care if you're newly married, doesn't matter if you're old tonight. You need the brethren. And if you say to yourself, well, I'm preaching, I don't need anybody, you're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Two are, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. It says the threefold cord is not easily broken. God's put us together for a reason. That's why you're not walking around like one foot. You have a hand. You have a head. You're missing a brain, but you, you got all the things together. Can I tell you why? Because God knew that all the parts of the body were important for the body to work. For. You're necessary. Hey, listen, listen to me tonight. Some of you in here, uh, you're, you're not super outgoing. Don't let that bother you. All right? Hang around until somebody shakes your hand, okay? Church family, if you see something not moving, it looks dead, go punch it, okay? okay. Hey, listen, we're in this thing together, and I'm just trying to tell you tonight, we need each other, all right? You know, the Bible says uh, in Proverbs 11:30, it says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that won his souls is wise. And I fully understand that God knew that Jesus Christ would die and that when Jesus Christ died, he would want us to tell the lost about him, he that wanted souls is wise. But church family, when Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 30 was written by the wisest man who lived on the earth, there was not one soul to be saved because Jesus had not died yet. So what is that verse really talking about? The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise. It's talking about you ought to want to win people to yourself. You ought to be friendly. A man that the friends must show himself friendly. You're not winning people to yourself for self-advantage or so people think something of you. You're just doing the right thing called be friendly. Get to know people. Talk to people. All righty? Listen to me, church family. Visitor walks through the door. Uh, it's good to have Brother Mr. Kellum tonight. But we've had visitors walk through the door. You, you ought to be over there. You ought to shake hands with them. We're glad that you're here. All right? Now, can, can I just tell you what makes you valuable as a Christian and what makes you valuable as a member of the Heritage Baptist Church is that you take an interest in the brethren. What, what did Epaphroditus do? He longed after them all. What did Paul say? It's necessary for him to get back there. You know, I think the reason it was necessary for him to get back there is because not everybody longs after the brethren. We have a tendency to long after ourselves, what we're doing, what's important to us, where we're going. And church, can I tell you something? Everybody's got a life. God wants to take an interest in other people. All right, so the first thing that I see, what made him necessary or important to his own local church was because of the fact that he had a longing for others, a longing for the brethren. And we should have the same thing. We should have a longing for the brethren. Church, listen to me tonight before I go to the next one. Listen, whether you like it or not, it's very selfish of you when all you think about, nobody shook my hand, nobody take, has taken me out for a meal, nobody has invited me out, nobody has done. I want to tell you that's selfish any way you look at it. That's selfish. You know, the proverb I just quoted on, a man that had friends must show himself friendly. You know, I don't, I don't know, it, you know, of course our thinking is warped when we get selfish. But I wanna tell you something, how do you expect anybody to wanna to take an interest in you when you take an interest in nobody? It's like the person who criticizes the pastor. Well, Pastor Hanks, he never comes and shakes my hand. 
Okay, well, why don't you try coming out that door where I'm standing shaking hands? Okay, that went over well. God bless you. It, it's, I'm just trying to say is, is that when you're not thinking right, you're not thinking right. That's pretty profound and deep, but it's, that's the truth. In other words, your mindset is not right when you're not trying to love the brethren, when you're not taking an interest in other people. That's what Epaphroditus did. He longed, he longed to be with others. He longed for, I'm sorry, he longed for the church family. Look at the next one there. Not only that, he loved the brethren. Look at verse number 28. It says, and I remember in context, verse 25, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Verse number 28, I sent him therefore. Now, can you ponder that for a moment? Verse 25, yet I supposed it, it was necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Verse 26, for why? Because he longed after you all. Verse 28, I sent him therefore the more carefully. The word carefully means speedily, more sooner than later. I sent him therefore more speedily, more carefully, that when ye see him again, ye may what? Rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. In other words, I'm, Paul said, I'm going to be happy because you're happy. Verse 29, receive him therefore in the Lord with all what? Gladness. Now, church, I know this is going to, this is not a deep message tonight. I'm taking it right from the scripture. Epaphroditus is pretty clear. He says, it is, he was writing to the church of Philippi, and he says, it's important for Epaphroditus to get back to you. And I want to tell you why it's important to get back to you. It's important to get back to you, number one, because he longs after you. He has a love for the brethren. He said, that's very important for the local churches to have people in the church who love each other. Amen? Amen? Amen. Number two. He says it's important for Epaphroditus to get back to the church at Philippi because it'll cause you to rejoice. It, in other words, Epaphroditus brought joy to the church. Right. Amen. Have you ever noticed there are some people that when they walk into the room, they bring all kinds of joy, and then there are other people when they walk out of the room, they bring all kinds of joy? <laughs> you ever met somebody like that? Tonight, I, I hope I don't come across that I'm down on you. I love every one of you. But do you understand, you don't have to be super outgoing to not be a joy robber. You know, there's some people that you, they quench the spirit. You know, of course, that's a pre the Bible says quench not the spirit. You know, there's some people that they just quench the spirit because they're negative. Everything they talk about is discouraging. Now, I'll tell you something, we, don't, we can't really have a full lesson on, you know, how to keep yourself encouraged. But, you know, I was talking to the college today. It's funny, we were talking, I think it was today. We were just talking about that idea. You know, talk about David encouraging himself in the Lord. And, you know, sometimes we do get discouraged. But, you know, part of our encouragement is, you know, encourage himself in the Lord. Make sure that you have your devotions. Make sure you're having a walk with God. Part of our encouragement and why we get discouraged is because you're not getting enough sleep. You look at Elijah. Elijah's a prime example of that. As soon as he ran from Jezebel, what's the first thing he did? He, he laid down and got rest. And as soon as they got up, what did the angel say? I got some food for you. Why don't you eat? You know, some of our, some of our, Mental problem is a physical problem. How, you're, how much sleep you're getting, how much eat, what are you eating, getting the proper nourishment. The, obviously, the top priority is make sure that you're having your walk with the Lord. But can I tell you something? You shouldn't be a joy robber when it comes to church. You know, listen, I, some of you are tonight, there is no doubt, there are some of you here tonight, it, you're carrying a, a burden tonight, all right? And maybe it's a burden you don't want anybody else to know about. I, I look across the crowd tonight, I don't know at least two or three of you tonight, I know what you're carrying, okay? But there's, there's people that walk through the door, and you say, Pastor Riggs, I didn't even want to come to church tonight. And it's not because you feel bad physically, it's because you're, what's your, the circumstance and the burdens that you're carrying. But church, I want to tell you something, that's the time you need to be in church. Now, now listen to me tonight. I know that's more of an unusual case. I'm talking about the person tonight. It's not a matter of a circumstance. It's not about a, about a situation. It's not even about a matter of a burden. It's just that everything is bad to you. 
Now, church, I want to tell you the, the fixer up for that, okay? The fixer up of that is this. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. You know, the, the reason a person doesn't bring joy is because they don't have joy. I had a person one time says, listen, Pastor, we're going to leave the church. And uh, I was on the phone with him, and I said, no, oh, man, you don't want to leave the church. He says, I'm going to leave the church. He says, I don't have any joy. And he was blaming the church for not having joy. All right, now, church, church, I know there are joy robbers. I know sometimes you come to church, and somebody will say something to you, and it kind of just sets you off. You know, I don't know why, why they would say such a thing or why they think such a thing. You know, I was, walking out, I was walking out the church door on Sunday, and I think it was Sunday, I was wearing my tan suit jacket, suit jacket and I think I had black pants on, and I had this tie on, and one of our joyful members, I won't mention any names. Where is she at? She says, I like your tie, it looks like an old man tie. Now, I at first I wasn't sure how to take that as a compliment or an insult. I like your tie, it looks like an old man tie, all right? Now, I'm not going to tell you who said that. You know, but, I, you know, sometimes you come to church and somebody says, you're wearing an old man tie. So what? She's not going to live that long to be old anyway. Okay? God's going to judge her. I'm just telling you right now. All right? Hey, do you, do you understand? You're going to come to church and someone might say something to you. You might get kind of discouraged. I'm just trying to tell you tonight that as a Christian, you ought to be the one giving joy, not stealing it. You ought to be the one encouraging others, not discouraging others. And so can I tell you what makes you valuable as a church member at the Heritage Baptist Church? You become valuable because you love the brethren. You become valuable because you bring joy to the brethren. Hey, church, there's enough junk going on in the world that's discouraging. We don't need to come to church and discourage each other. You know, you've been with me a long time. You know, I don't like teasing and jokes and... I just want to be solemn. And I think we ought to be serious when we come to church. And we shouldn't be laughing. This is God's house. Now, listen, can I tell you something? God's got a sense of humor, by the way. How do you know that? He made you. I know he does. So I'm just trying to tell you that we as God's people, we ought to encourage one another. And that's what makes you valuable here. That, that, that joy. I uh, preached last uh, Monday night. I preached in um, our, our Kansas City, Kansas at Brother McCullough's church. I spoke on marriage for an hour and we ate at a place and then we came back to church head service. And so uh, during the, I have a hard time remembering names and I really messed up because I forgot my card. Whenever I preach at a church, I write down names of people. I put it in my file. When I go back to the church, I pull that out. So before I go back to the church, I can go over their names so I don't look like an idiot because I don't call the person by the right name. I've done that so many times. Ridiculous. But anyway. Um, it's, it's funny because just the other day, uh, I'm not getting sidetracked, stay with me, I'm st I don't have Alzheimer's yet. Um, but I was on the phone with a fella and I don't, I don't remember names really well. So what I did, I, once I'm talking on the phone to somebody, I call them by their name. So I'm calling this restaurant to organize for the college to go to. And so when I um, called the restaurant, I said, hey, listen, I'd like to come to your restaurant. I've come there before, the manager I know, Kristen was her name, Kristen wasn't there. So I'm talking to this other guy and he says, well, I'm the area manager. Well, I don't know why I thought his name was Sam. So I didn't want to forget his name. So the whole time I'm in the conversation with him, I said, well, Sam, I appreciate your help. And I said, Sam, I plan on coming over. And Sam, I'm going to try to be at this certain time. And when it's all said and done, he says, hey, by the way, my name's Tim. <laughs> you know, so anyway, the, the idea, where was I going before I got sidetracked with that? 
Where was I starting? Say again. Oh, so I was at Ark City. And so I'm writing everybody's names down. Thanks for your help. Sorry, stop preaching. Uh, but I'm writing all the names down so I won't forget them. And church, because I can't remember, I can't just put the person's name down and think I'm going to remember that. I have to put a description of what the person is. All righty. So the first guy I put down, uh, his name was uh, Brat Chair. Believe it or not, Brat Chair. I mean, I, Brat was not the first name. It was Brat Chair was the last name. And so, but he was 79 years old. And so I wrote down to that, he's 79 years old and he worked for the school district. So I would write things down and remember them. But you know, there are certain people, there was 30 adults at the marriage thing. They were, and we're at the restaurant and the, uh, but there are certain people that all I have to do is this. I put the guy's name down and then I'll put dash and I'll put down jovial and funny. Or loves to tell jokes. And you know what? There's always somebody in the crowd like that. You ever notice that? I mean, they're just, everything is a joke to them. You can't take anything serious, all right? They're going to lie to you about everything because everything's funny, all right? Kind of like Brother Daniels, all right? all right? I love it when new college students come because they don't know how to take Brother Daniels. And Brother Daniels can act like so serious about something. And sometimes I'm standing there when it's happening. And everybody knows what's going on except for that one person. So that anyway... Grace, be careful tomorrow. That's the God I'm warning you about, okay? Hey, Church family, can I tell you something? You ought to be one person that everybody knows. I can joke with that person. We can have a good time together. It's like, and I'm not talking about anything that's worldly or wrong. I'm just talking about you're happy. There's joy in your heart, all right? So as a Christian, can it, what makes you valuable to the Heritage Baptist Church? What made Epaphroditus important to the Church of Philippi? Because he loved the brethren, and number two, because he brought joy to the church. If, are you saved tonight? Isn't it interesting that the picture of our salvation is Jesus Christ? And what does the Bible say about him? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's Christ. And when you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, that joy ought to permeate your, 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 your conversation. Last of all, look at your Bible again, verse number 29. What makes you necessary to the church? Verse 29. Receive him, receive Epaphroditus. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Now, before I read verse 30, the word reputation there means valuable. No, in other words, hold such in reputation. Hold, hold such as something that is valuable. Hey, church, I look across the Heritage Baptist Church tonight, and there are many of you. You're of that reputation. You're valuable. And I want to tell you why. Look at the next verse, verse number 30. What made him important, verse 30, because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Now, I know there's a couple things you could take from that verse, but church, I mean, what I take from that verse as far as him being necessary to the church at Philippi is because he did the work of Christ. And he did the work of Christ so much that at the loss of his own health, in other words, serving God was important to him. Hey, you know what makes you valuable to the Heritage Baptist Church? It makes you valuable because you love the brethren. It makes you valuable because you bring joy to the church. It makes you uh, valuable because you do the work of the ministry. They say in most churches that, 10% um, of the church does 90% of the work. That's in, by the, that's in most churches, really. You know, I'm thankful. This is a Wednesday night. I'm thankful that you're here tonight. I'm thankful. You know, there's some of you tonight that maybe you're not, per se, you're not the bus captain and you're not a Sunday school teacher. But, and I, and I say this without reserve, there's a host of you that if I, if I said, hey, I need you to do this, no questions asked, you'd do it. And by the way, that's the right response. Can I tell you, you know what makes church members valuable? Because they're willing to do the work of Christ, because they're willing to do the work of God. Church, let me ask you a quick question. You don't have to answer it because it's almost rhetorical, but 
What is, don't answer, okay, because we might have confusion. Okay. What is the work of Christ? All right. Now, you already, I know you have something in your mind. I think you got the right answer, okay? Jesus Christ said that he has come to what? Seek and to save that which is lost. Paul, remember what Jesus told his, his parents? I must be about my father's business. Church, what was the business of the Lord Jesus Christ? It was to win people to Christ. What was the, it, it was to win people in their belief of him. And can I tell you, that's what, the, that's what makes a person valuable in the church is because you're doing the work of Christ. And the work of Christ involves soul winning. The work of Christ involves getting the gospel to a lost and dying world. The work of Christ involves giving to missions so we can support more missionaries around the world. Peter, James, John, Apostle Paul, Timothy, Stephen. You know, I mentioned those names and a Bible story or what they did comes to mind. But church family, before tonight, if I would have said, Epaphroditus, some of you would have thought that was some Greek god somewhere. <laughs> you know why? Not much mention about him. Except in the pages of glory. You know, there's people that sit at the Heritage Baptist Church that you're not going to be the one that's most well-known. Not to man. But you're going to be the most well-known to God. You know why? Because you're necessary. And in some cases, you're more necessary than the person who's prominent. The person who's prominent relies upon his spiritual gift, and maybe his spiritual gift is one that's more outward. Hey, can I just tell you tonight, what makes you important to the Heritage Baptist Church is that you love each other. What makes you important to the Heritage Baptist Church is that you bring joy to the church, to each other. You know what makes you important, what makes you necessary to the Heritage Baptist Church? Because you do the work of the ministry. You do the work of Christ. You try to carry gospel tracts. You try to tell people about Jesus Christ. You run a bus route. Teach a Sunday school class. Do a nursing home ministry. It's just the work of Christ. We get it together, and you've known me long enough, and I say me, you've known this church long enough. This church is not about social programs. We're going to have a, we're going to have a Valentine banquet tomorrow night. I hope you come out, or Friday night, I'm sorry. And, you know, Valentine banquet, it's a lot of fun. But church, I mean, our, built's not, our ministry is not built upon activities. Never has been. You know what it's built upon? It's built upon getting the name of Christ out. Amen. And that doesn't happen because we talk about it behind the microphone here. It happens because people go. Mm -hmm. That's what makes you valuable. I, I'm not Apostle Paul, but I do believe like what he did with Epaphroditus, I could, I could go through our church prayer list or church membership list and I could say, that person's necessary. That person's necessary. That person's necessary. And I think what I mean by that is exactly what Paul says. The reason that person's necessary is because they add something to the church. They add a love to the brother and they add joy, uh, joy to a service. They add uh, working to get the gospel to others, work of the ministry. That person's necessary. If we didn't have that person in our church, they would leave a big hole. Trisha, can I tell you? You ought to strive to leave a big hole. You ought to be that kind of church member that God looks down and says, I'm going to tell you something. The church at Philippi, they need an Epaphroditus. And the church at Heritage Baptist Church, they need you. They need you. And I want to tell you, you might not get your name written, you won't get your name written in the pages of Scripture. And you might not get your name written in some periodical. And you might not even have your name mentioned across the pulpit of the Heritage Baptist Church. But I understand this one thing. If God recognized in Epaphroditus and what was important in his life was important to the church, then he recognizes every church member in every church on what, how important they are to that particular church. 
Tonight's, ministry, tonight's message tonight is not about telling you how great you are. It's about telling you that if you're going to be necessary to the Hitters Baptist Church, then you ought to make sure you love the brethren. You ought to make sure that you have joy in your heart and you spread that joy. And you ought to make sure you do the work of Christ. Amen. That's what makes you an important part of this church. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?